He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Kia ora, I'm Katie Gossett. This is a group of Christchurch women, all in their early 50s. They've been friends a long time, and in amongst all the laughter and the catching up on work, families, children and everything else, there is, at this age and stage, also talk of health issues. And sometimes this. I get told to suck my tummy in. Yeah, and then it? hold your breath and don't breathe. I'm much more obsessed with that now, though, because I go every year for a mammogram, and in the last five or six years, I'm in and out so much more quickly. So just now they're talking about mammograms, in fairness, because I asked them about it. If you had to survey people, most people don't like their mammograms. But where are the demographic that goes? And there's a good reason for that. I'm at high risk because my mum died of breast cancer at 66 and I've had a lump removed from my breast. New Zealand has a breast screening programme that enables women aged 45 to 69 to get a free mammogram every two years. But I just feel like it's such a high risk area that I'd rather pay and go and have it done every year. Figures from the Cancer Society show that each year more than 3,000 women and a small number of men are diagnosed with breast cancer. Having no idea that I had breast cancer until I turned up and had my very first mammogram, 46, I would say I would go and have one every week. (laughs) It's just a (laughs) no-brainer. It's an absolute no-brainer. So what if there was an earlier opportunity to catch breast cancer? With that in mind, I've come to UC, the University of Canterbury, to meet someone who's working on just such a device. Hello, hello. Nice to meet you, Jessie. Jessie is Dr Jessica Fitzjohn. She has a PhD in mechanical engineering and she's spent the last five years working on this project or device, designing its diagnostic algorithms. I know that a lot of women don't really like going to get a mammogram. It's not the most comfortable experience and there's a bit of an access issue. We'll come back to the comfort factor and that access issue in a bit. I just thought that, yeah, this sounded like a no-brainer in terms of a technology that could make a big impact and I was excited to get on board and see if I could make a difference. So if you're coming up with some kind of machine that can test for breast cancer, possibly probably, using earthquake engineering wouldn't be the first thing you'd think of. When you're looking at the motion of buildings, you can kind of identify the underlying ground tissue properties. So by looking at those vibrations, you can know what the soil properties are underneath. So for example, in the Canterbury earthquakes, some buildings were pretty stable and some obviously places that had liquefaction and stuff they were a lot more harder hit so it depended on the underlying ground properties so we're using that concept on breast tissue so basically we just apply a small vibration we have cameras that kind of take photos take images of that then we have image processing algorithms which turn those photos into thousands of data points We have over 14,000 data points on each breast and tracking how each of those points vibrate and then we're kind of analysing those vibrations. That analysis will tell them if there's consistency within the breast tissue or if there are discrepancies, which could indicate cancer. We know that cancerous tissue is four to ten times stiffer than healthy tissue, so if we can find some of those inconsistencies and some of those regions of high stiffness, then we can use that to diagnose cancer. 
So let's take a close look at this device and see how the testing actually happens. So there's one black box about a metre by a metre, which is the machine itself, and then there's just another foam piece which we've used. The woman will lie on this whole structure. One breast will go in this hole here. Then this little white thing that you can see, basically it's just a small circle shape and it's called an actuator. So the nipple will kind of rest on that. That will then move up to a certain preload and then vibrate up and down, plus or minus a couple of millimetres. At the moment there's five surrounding cameras. We're wanting to upgrade that. And there's also strobe lights that flash and they can help to capture the image at different periods of the vibration. So the algorithm will take those images, convert them into the thousands of data points on each breast surface, and then my diagnostic algorithms will use that data and basically infer a diagnostic outcome. Of course, the burning question is, does it work? Is it accurate? The team has already run a clinical trial with the help of Canterbury Breast Care, and women who had breast cancer were invited to take part. So the data we're kind of working with at the moment is we've got 28 breasts and 13 of those have cancer. One of them was actually a false positive with mammography that we diagnosed correctly. And we're getting accuracy, sensitivity 92 to 100%. Sensitivity is saying that a woman has cancer when they do have cancer. And specificity 80 to 86%. Specificity is how well the algorithms can say that a healthy woman is healthy. So we're hoping that that specificity value that's a little bit lower than what we'd like is going to go up with improved camera technology, which has come a long way since we did the first trial. At the moment, the team is checking the accuracy of their tests against the women's mammograms. Although ultimately, Jessica would also like to be able to compare their results with an MRI as part of a larger clinical trial. But for the moment, they are already detecting small tumours. So the smallest, we had two tumours down at 7 millimetres, and we could diagnose both of those. That's roughly the diameter of a small peanut. On average, mammography diagnoses between 12 and 14 millimetres. So yeah, we were looking at pretty small tumours. It's quite a big range, I think. We have between like 7 millimetres and 48 millimetre tumours, but only, I think, four of them were above 20 millimetres. So able to diagnose a lot of stage 1 cancers, which is pretty exciting. So why look for an alternative to mammograms in the first place? Well, the answer is that not all women take up the offer of free screening. And as we heard earlier, there could be a couple of reasons for that. Jessica's team has done a survey, and one of the reasons is potentially the comfort factor. Jessica doesn't think it affects too many women, and certainly it wouldn't stop this group from getting their mammograms. We all have them, don't we? I don't find it a big deal. That whole thing, I don't know who it is that talks about breast being stuck in a garage door. It is just so detrimental to helping women go and do something about it. Nevertheless, Jessica is aware of some women who've avoided mammograms entirely because they find them invasive. And then there's the other issue we mentioned earlier. The access is a big one. In May 2023, a damning national report showed about 50,000 women missed out on breast screening in the previous two years because of COVID disruptions, and it made 26 recommendations for change. In response, Te Fatu Ora announced a new national screening register and a breast screening action plan. Jessica's aware of the COVID delays and is hopeful that this machine could make a difference. Because it's fully automated and doesn't require an operator, it could make it possible to screen more women. 
This could be used to provide pop-up screening to rural communities. It can be used every other year between mammograms. All women under 45 will be able to use it because it's got no radiation and it can increase access to that first level of screening. So Jessica mentioned women under 45. They're not currently eligible for free breast screening. And of course, private mammograms are expensive and MRIs even more so. Jessica's hoping to get the cost of this device down to $20 or $50 per screening. Because, as it turns out, getting bad news at your first or second mammogram isn't that uncommon. Some of the kind of analysis that I've done has found that when people reach 45, they're diagnosed with really large tumours. So if they're being diagnosed with tumours, you know, over 20, over 50 millimetres at 45 then they obviously had them when they were younger. So I think that people think that the issue of cancer in younger women is a lot lower just because we're not screening. I can be blunter. About 10 to 12% of all breast cancer is diagnosed in women under 45 or under 40. Everybody counts differently. That's 1 in 10. Do they not count? Now that's Jeff Chase jumping in there. Distinguished Professor Jeff Chase, also from UC. He has a PhD in civil engineering and control systems and a lot of ideas about biomedical devices that could improve our health care. He initiated this tool and it might just be one of his favourites. This is one of my very best ideas. I would really like to see it go. It is really difficult to talk to funders and always hear, you know, yet another round of reasons why, well, is the market not big enough or is it really a serious problem? It's a huge problem. It's a huge cost. So we've talked before about Mm. biomedical solutions. Is it becoming a bit of a habit of yours? I like biomedical solutions because you're impacting people. You can read any chunk of the news. The cost of healthcare is rising faster and more the cost is then put off onto people. This creates inequity of access or ability to access the best care. So I like problems that use technology to create a low-cost or lower-cost solution or even save money and provide that equity and somehow return that to the system. So a lot of women who are at risk of breast cancer, there's the BRCA1 and BRCA2, as they're called, breast cancer genes. If you ask around, not too many women, you'll come across somebody who is either part of a family or knows someone who's part of a family where some astronomical number of women will have had breast cancer. Why not try to create a solution that affects that, brings down the total cost, allows you to rise to meet compliance? These are sort of multiple positive benefits that can hopefully spin off. And that's, I think, where, you know, if you want my personal statement on where research investment should be made in this country, then we should be looking for solutions that have multiple positive flow-ons. Health research is nice. It's great to understand more about genomes and phenomes, and it's great to understand a bit more about disease processes but it's not trying to do something for a large number of people on the street today who have a problem here today. The next step is to fundraise for a larger clinical trial. The team will also build another ergonomic prototype and make adjustments to the cameras and the actuator. The device will still be very much a pre-screening tool, and any positive results it finds will be followed up with mammography or an MRI. But these women are interested to hear of another tool in the battle against breast cancer. Like my daughters, late teens, early 20s, 
it would be good peace of mind for them to be able to access something like that if they've had a mother that has had breast cancer. If you found that it was affordable, people would do it. Most people will have some form of body hang-up. If you're worried about your tummy, you don't want to be seen naked, then it eliminates all of that. Thanks to that group of Christchurch friends, I also spoke to Dr Jessica Fitzjohn and Distinguished Professor Jeff Chase from the University of Canterbury. This podcast was produced by me, Katie Gossett, and engineered by Alex Harmer. And you can hear more from Our Changing World on RNZ after the 7pm news on Thursdays. You can also find us at rnz.co.nz. Check the podcasts page. And while you're there, you might also like to have a listen to RNZ's new podcast, Mr Little Meets Mr Big, an intriguing story about murder, police tactics, criminal trials, and the stories people tell. You can also follow Our Changing World on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you get your podcasts.